Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step to 53342. New York, call the 24-7 Hope Line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Obviously, Maze and I um, are not totally familiar with this. You know, Maze, I know you're a little younger than I am, but I grew up uh, with football excellence, right? Um, <laughs> Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl with 49ers. And, uh, and I honestly, until they lost to the Ravens, uh, what was that? It would have been 10 years ago now, right? Or 2012, 2012. I, I don't know why I thought it was 2014. <laughs> 2012, um, I legitimately didn't know that the 49ers could lose a Super Bowl. I thought I like I thought it was against the rules, right? Now they've lost three. <laughs> they lose one recently on heartbreak, but it, it was, I don't know. I expected them to lose that game. I expected Patrick Mahomes to always come up with the play that needed to come up with to win that game because he's the greatest quarterback of all time. And still sad about it. Like it didn't rip my heart out completely. But uh, Waz, can you talk us through? this just like football fan depression as a Jets fan. Yeah, it's it's interesting because the Jets depression is the last time I thought the Jets legitimately could win a Super Bowl was 1998 when mm, they lost wow. to the Broncos in the um, AFC championship game in a game that they led at halftime, which felt like a gut punch. Um, believe it or not, we thought Vinny Testaverde was going to take us to the Super Bowl. How could you not, man? Over, that's quarterback. Yeah. Exactly. Over um, 
John Elway. Even the Mark Sanchez, Rex Ryan teams, that felt like fount money. Like mm-hmm. our offense was like barely competent, like barely league average. We had really good defenses. And even the greatness of our defenses were so fucking scheme dependent that like if a team just knew what the fuck we were trying to do, they could beat us. We weren't like overwhelming people with incredible Hall of Fame. Like there's no Hall of Famers on those Jets defenses, right? So right. what ends up happening as a Jets fan is that there's no commitment because by week nine, you know it's over. Wow. Week eight, it's over. Mm-hmm. You don't get brought – you don't have a freaking crazy 11-week stretch where every time you turn on first take, they're like, the 49ers are the best team in the yeah. in the NFL. Like, Which the, of their players should be MVP? Is it the quarterback right. or the running back? Right. That's yeah. not a conversation that ever happens for the Jets. We have no MVPs. What about going we, into this season, though? Yeah, like there Aaron Rodgers no in the season? mix? Like, there was definitely hope this season, but it ended on the first drive, guys. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> like if he now imagine if he would have tore his Achilles like week 17. Right. You know, like yeah. a, that would have like been 12 and, and, and they were 13 and like four that. or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. That would have been like, oh my, I'd still be sick about that. But it was the first drive of the season. And it was just like, of course. And it and it just <laughs> like the first drive. And I, so still, just beca- I still have that shot of Greeny in that watch party oh in my, my head. God. Just depressed as oh fuck. My God. And, and, and in the background, this is, Dominique Fox. I felt like I was being punked. Yeah. I felt like I was being punked, like by God. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, but this he, is. But this he is funny. came back from that Achilles, right? Unfortunately, nine uh, eleven is just a bad date for New York. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, that guy. Uh, just a sidebar to OJ on it is what it is. Um. <laughs> That's just an amazing all, thing to hear Was say. Sidebar to OJ, but they're, yeah. they're just the best for doing that because that's the yeah. worst thing you could possibly do. And second, I don't know if you guys saw that clip where Mace, because Mace and Cam referred to each other as murder and killer because yeah. yeah. those used to be their murder Mace, rap killer names. Cam, yes, killer exactly. Cam and murder Mace. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Mace is, he's saying, yo, killer. And he's talking to Cam, but OJ answers because he thinks he's talking to him. That's like Stu Gotts getting Trump to admit about the P-tapes in Russia. That's that level of journalism right there. Oh, my goodness. He he literally answers because he thinks Mace is talking to him and not Killer Cam. Mm That's incredible. Brilliant. Mace, how are you doing post-Super Bowl loss? I'm trying to wean myself off of Twitter videos showing me how Spencer Burford, John Feliciano's replacement should have blocked Chris Jones. I'm trying yeah. to not think too much about how Trent McDuffie timed that slot blitz so perfectly, how Brandon Ayuk stopped running on a go ball that would have been a touchdown. But it all comes down to the fucking leg on the punt return to me, man, because... Mm. That is the, that is 49ers pain is yeah. botched punt returns. That's that's where this but that to me that's where this like that's where our age gap happens, right? Cuz I've seen this. I've seen like people on Twitter who are 49ers fans like, "Oh, this is 49ers fan pain." I'm like, "No, nah, man, I grew not. up thinking everything was going to work out cuz no, Joe Montana and Steve Young not. could do everything." Like, I I'm just telling I, you, I in, never in New feel York, that way. 
the 49ers are like the Cowboys. Like when I grew up, yeah. there were 49er and Cowboys fans yeah. because those were the dominant teams. Yep. They were yeah. on TV every single week and they were kicking ass every single year. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that I grew up with that are 49ers fans. Mm -hmm. And it's not there are no Seattle Seahawks fans in New York. Okay. There are no Minnesota Vikings fans in New York. There are people that love Randy Moss and so wanted to see them do well, but they didn't become sure. Vikings fans. There's no Lions fans in New York. There's no Houston Oilers fans in New Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, you had to be a team that was national in your dominance. And the Niners used to be dominant. In fact, yeah. they used to yeah. dominate the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, five-year-old me, Zach, is... is Going to a Super Bowl party, screaming at Steve Young, kicking the shit out of the Chargers. Five-year-old, six-foot-one yeah. Anthony Bay. Yeah. Walking the screen. <laughs> Everyone wants that kid to get out of the way from their 32-inch square box television yeah, set. 50 on the Chargers, bro. Stan Humphreys. Yeah. Massacre. Stan Humphrey, yeah. So it's, it's tough that that was my last taste of the good stuff. And then yeah. it's, been, uh, it's been pretty tough. 2020 was worse, though. Than this I was week. rooting for the yeah, Niners. For sure. I have a soft spot for Black Brock Purdy. I think the conversation around him is stupid. And I say this because I'm a fucking New York Jets fan. Like, the idea that this guy you isn't clearly competent. Like, that he's not clearly competent. Like, obviously competent. Obviously just in his second year. It's just obvious guys this isn't some caretaker this is this guy is good it's obvious you know it's just you know just as a jets fan where it's like the best quarterback play of the last 12 i'm like what are we talking about but, but Purdy's a, a hall of fame jet after this season period <laughs> but but was you don't understand he he was he was picked last in the draft I know. It's, so he can't like that's a that's a real bias though. It is. <laughs> People don't want to buy it because of that. It's fucking crazy. I I'm like, he was, if he was like, a top eight pick, top seven pick, mm -hmm. everybody would be like, wow, this guy's going I, to the Hall of Fame tomorrow. I genuinely don't care if people think he's good or not. I think he's good. I'm happy yeah. he's the quarterback of the 49ers. Mm -hmm. I want them to maximize this until they have to pay him, right? Like, and then we'll yeah. see what happens. Um I had to explain to Tom on Monday that he's making 820 grand. Yeah. Like he's, he is, he's, he's, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> and, and I do get a kick out of when people are like, Oh, see, that's why he's a fraud. I'm like, you, what are you talking about? You didn't know who Brock pretty was two years ago. Like, like you can't say this, right? It sounds so stupid, but I, man, I was, I, I'll tell you, I was, if they won the Super Bowl, I was just ready to tweet out. I got your game manager hanging right here. Like I was just <laughs> like, I was ready to talk so much shit. And, uh, but I also yeah. like, once once they kicked a field goal in overtime, I was yeah. oh, yep. Mahomes it was over. Was yeah. And even then, like people were like, well, if he hadn't missed that extra point I got blocked, I was like, then I, Mahomes would have just gotten a touchdown then. I don't care about the <laughs> yeah, like, take like the ball it's, first. Yeah. Overtime, new rules. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Mahomes inevitable. Scores a touchdown, he wins. I do so. think it's funny. We wanted the ball third in overtime. It's just such it a funny It is a funny phrase. line. It's such a funny line. And just is like, look, this is Shanahan, right? I was talking to some friends recently talking about like just like coaches that I think are frauds in the NFL. And they're like, oh, but you think Kyle Shanahan's not a fraud? It's like, no, I know he's a fraud, but he, like, what am I going to do? Like, he's, he's the coach he's of the, my favorite team. Yeah. Oh, like, I, I, don't know what you, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I do like the, the uh, 
comparisons happening between Andy Reid's start as a coach and mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan's start of, of like lost this championship game, lost the Super Bowl, lost this championship, lost the Super Bowl, you know, and then finally won in like the fifth iteration of this. So, a, you know, next time they'll win. Team. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, yeah. I just think this different team. I, I think, you know, he was the, he was the coordinator for head Falcons. coaching job, though. Uh, I think Shanahan. <laughs> if he starts naming slightly, plays after food, then we're then we're oh, in business. Oh yeah, Shanny is slightly fraudish. For sure. However, the idea that you would move on and try to do something else is absurd. <laughs> That's they're so ridiculous. they're so good under him. They have so much it's, talent. Like there's just no reason it'll to work do or that. it won't work. But yeah, he's got to figure. You. you know, whatever. Yeah. like they'll be good again. So also maybe the maybe the fix is just like. Stop playing Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yes. Can you him. get the Jets listening He's to some Dolphin sex so we don't do have to deal shit? with this yeah. shit next right. year, please? Lord. I mean, yeah. Darkness just, retreats and all that. The Ravens so clearly had the better team than me and so clearly just blew it. They melted down. Buffalo had it at certain points and just blew it. So, you know, it's not like he's like, just whooping their asses all but up and down the enough. floor. It's just enough. We should not have gotten a Jets okay. fan to talk about this maze. We should have gotten a Bills fan. That's the person oh. we're going to talk to about this. Oh, They're man. the ones that know that pay. Like, as well as week Juju seven, you usually it's highlighter, over. full body stocking. Bills Mafia, yeah. Welcome to the Zosny edition of the OG Pod here on Count the Dings. I'm Zach Harper. That's Wasn Lambert. That is Anthony Mays. Uh, uh, we are past our. Uh, I'm curing it. We're past our football depression. We're good. We'll be fine. We'll be fine next week. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Because uh, also the NFC sucks. So I think, <laughs> I think the 49ers have a great chance of getting back. Yeah. Uh, if they had any kind of competition, I'd be worried. But I'm not worried about the Lions or the Cowboys and Eagles. Uh, we got a fun show here. We're going to talk uh, Draymond Green versus Yusuf well, Nurkic in the... Well, he's going to talk. We'll, we will listen to him talk and we will... I took extensive... I listened to that whole fucking 38-minute <laughs> episode. I watched the whole thing. Wow. There are some pods where like... Jeff Teague's pod, I'm like, look, the clips are great and shareable. You got to listen to the whole thing. The whole podcast is good, right? Knucklehead's pod, I, same thing. Clips are great. You got to listen to the whole thing. It's a great podcast. The Draymond Green show... Stick to the clips. Mm. That whole episode is rough, man. Oh, my goodness. Maybe I just caught a bad one, but my goodness. Uh, uh, but we'll talk about that in the Patreon exclusive portion of the podcast, which you sign up for at patreon.com slash count the dings. But there is a big, big quote unquote report from ESPN that dropped today about teams going after LeBron James 24 hours before the deadline. We had the Warriors go after him. We had Daryl Morey call about LeBron James. So it's the demo part's funny. I do want to get to that, but the Warriors aspect of this, right? Like Draymond Green was texting Rich Paul trying to get him to like get a trade for LeBron to the Warriors. Um, Obviously, teams want LeBron was, right? Like, even I mean, at 39 years old, he's still fucking great. Like, I he's mean, not what he was, but he's still great. It's hilarious because, you know, I remember there was a point maybe like in 2018 
or was that 19? Whenever he was trading all the baby Lakers, um, that people were like, oh, it'd be so funny if they just traded LeBron James, and blah, 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 fuck LeBron, da, 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 da. And here's the thing, <laughs> like, uh, you can't just move LeBron James as if he's, you know, Trenton Hassel, you know. Right. Uh, he's ha- He's going to have a say, one, because... If you think James Harden can make a stink by being somewhere where he doesn't want to, LeBron makes a stink at places that he's happy to be at. So, <laughs> like, this idea that you're just going to give, uh, that somebody would actually give meaningful stuff away to the Lakers to bring him in is laughable. But, too, like, if you watch the guy play it all this year, he's still really fucking good. He still affects winning. And it's obvious. And I think the Lakers were... I think what happened at the deadline was the Lakers were being like LeBron's being a little diva. He's being a bit bitchy in the press. He's being a brat. We might be tired of this headache. We might be looking Mm. to our new future. We might be trying to take calls on LeBron James. I think those reports were legitimate. And LeBron was like, okay, bitches, (laughs) you want to play this game? First of all, you can't just trade me because I'm a free agent in the summer. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of teams are just going to give you anything good just for a rental. Mm-hmm. You'll be wholly irrelevant the second you move me. Like, nobody's going to give a fuck about the Lakers the second you move me. And guess what? I got Madison Square coming up. Watch how geeked I get everybody. Just imagine Give me a Knicks towel. Give me a Knicks that towel. I'll be a Nick. Give me a Knicks towel. Watch yeah. how geek these people get. You think I can't be happy someplace that is in LA? You fucking crazy? I'm LeBron James. They're gonna love me everywhere. You know where they print money? Everywhere I go. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> I thought, and I and by the way, I think both parties were justified. I think some of the shit LeBron was doing about the roster reconstruction or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like, yo. Remember when you traded for Russell Westbrook, you dumbass? Remember when we gave up all of our wing depth so you can get Russell Westbrook in here and fuck up our team? Shut your dumbass up. You don't know how to GM. And LeBron being like, hold up. Look, yeah. I know I fucked up with the Russ thing, but <laughs> I'm still LeBron, dummies. <laughs> I'm still one of these guys. Like, you can't just deal with me like I'm a nothing entity. I'm still one of the most powerful people in our league. So I thought it was... Justified on both ends, honestly. Yeah, I so I look at this as a couple of ways, right? Um, and oh, sorry, last thing. Obviously, Golden State would be one of the places that LeBron could force his way to in a trade at the deadline. Of course, yes. In some different scenario, because he he wants to play with Steph. Yeah. Um. Well, for, first, you said that they would be irrelevant if LeBron was gone. I think you forgot that the. Torch got past Anthony Davis, so I don't know if that's oh it was. Yeah, I LeBron's mean, been passing torches. Forty-four and thirty-eight and a first-round exit doesn't just happen, buddy. Okay, like that takes work. Um, <laughs> dude, I I I think it's great. Like I think you're right. Like oh maybe you know, maybe we would take calls on LeBron and Clutch just going all right. Fuck you. You want to know how bad this can get? Here's a here's a story, right? Because this does feel very much. Like a story that um, that actually does help both sides, right? It shows that LeBron is still that guy that is wanted everywhere by the 
teams with the biggest stars and everything. Like it, it does show that. It also shows in some of the reporting that, you know, Rob Palenka is saying, oh, really? Will Joel Embiid healthy? Like, is he available? Can we get him? Right? Oh, is Kevin Durant, <laughs> Kevin Durant available? You want, you want him, sons? Yeah, we'll take Kevin Durant off your hands. Right? Like, it's, it's the whole, like, no, we, like, we're still star friendly. We're still, like, the destination. And we can use all this story building as acquisition of a star this summer to help round this thing out and push for another championship for the Lakers and for LeBron. Um, it's just so like the fact, and I get it. Like apparently these conversations not never got to actual negotiation because it's like, no, we're not training LeBron James. That's fucking stupid. Um, but without knowing what deals were actually going to be offered up, it's just so hollow to me. Like this whole story is just so hollow on so many levels when you really break it down. The Lakers would have to have insane balls vision to do something like this. And also the idea that you would come up with this idea within a week of the deadline is also stupid. You're planning to move on from LeBron James happening in a week. That's Ananobi was trying to get to the Knicks for like over a year just by changing <laughs> to CAA. <laughs> but you guys are willing to move on from LeBron James while giving it five days to mull over. Yeah. But they've never shown that level of like cutthroatedness. You know, most of their star yeah. experiences have dragged out. The, I mean, the Kobe, the Kobe Bryant one, right? Like they gave him a huge contract, even though the Achilles had popped and it was like, yeah, what he's done for us, we reward him, right? Yeah. And there, there is value I in that in showing the league like... In LA. Right, right. Of course not. No, but it's still like, what, like they will let that thing go beyond it's like spoiled goods date, right? Like that's, that's the point where they, they'll do it because it shows no matter what, we take care of our stars. You want to come be a Laker? Even beyond your best years, we will take care of you. Which I do think has value. I agree. And I think the Lakers, God knows they're they can sustain a couple of like, okay, these years don't matter. And what I mean by that, when it was Lonzo Ball and a bunch of the young scrubs, like even the scrubby Laker teams. Mm-hmm. will sell tickets that cost more than most people's mortgages. And so the money register will keep ringing. And you know what? Our fans are not going to be complete. We're not going to lose our fan base for this. We can withstand a couple of lean years talent wise mm-hmm. if it sets itself for the next thing. So like a lot of teams can't have that. Right. You know, like Portland can't just have, you know, two years of a team that's, San Antonio without Victor Wembanyama, right? Right. Like they just can't field that team for two Even years. Those, those two years where they were shutting down Dame halfway through the season, and they were incomprehensibly bad for they the second half of the season. Dame, yeah, they still had just, him. Like, oh, well, we'll have him back next season, right? The Lakers could be like, yo, we can go two years without a Dame, a marquee thing. We'll sell mad tickets, mm-hmm. and we'll set up our next thing for you know. Whoever, Shea Gilgis Alexander, I don't even know what his deal is. But, like, whatever. Next superstar in some market that isn't as sick as ours, whatever. You know? And so, yeah, I, 
because they've proven time and time again also like we don't have to wait for free agency. Some people right. just want to come to us. Don't have to wait for free agency, but or Zach, what if we do just be like, oh, we don't have the draft picks, blah, 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 blah. How about we just line it up? We get the word out mm-hmm. to people. What mm-hmm. we're doing is lining up cap space. Yeah. They get the word out to these stars. These these seasons that you see, we lining up cap space. The next star that wants to come to LA and be, and be an absolute fucking king, come into our cap space. Yeah. They can make cap space happen. Oh, for if sure. If they run out of draft picks. For sure. And they can actually get the star unlike the New York Period. Knicks. Right. Period. Well, also, like the other part of that too is, oh, as we line up, oh, you're not available till 2028? No problem. Who's your agent? Who are his other clients? How about some big like contracts for one or two years each for those guys? Coming? <laughs> like the Contavious Caldwell Pope thing, right? LeBron was probably yeah. always coming to LA. But yeah. that stuff like helps line it up even more. It's yeah. all part of it. Again, I would have loved to see the Knicks thing. Just trading LeBron for Julius Randle, cat oh fodder, a couple oh of picks. Oh. Bring Julius Randle home. Bring oh. him back to LA. Yeah. Remix. Bring him home. This Bring him home. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about Butcher Box. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com slash dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. We got to get to the the hidden buried treasure of this article the from Woj and Ramona. Yeah, you want to you read that? Dunleavy was the second team executive to call Polinka on a possible James trade sources said after seeing James's cryptic social media post of an hourglass a week before the trade deadline, Philadelphia 76ers president of basketball operations, Daryl Morey called Polinka to probe on a James trade and was immediately told that James wasn't available. In fact, Polinka responded by asking Morey if Joel Embiid was available, (laughs) just a couple of GMs cutting it up. And that ended the brief conversation. These sorts of bold trade calls are historically a common practice for Maury, who also called the Phoenix Suns and asked about the availability of Durant, only to be told Durant was not available, sources said. 
I had a girlfriend long ago who had a, like, she was always like, well, if you don't ask, you don't get. That this didn't apply to me. Your mentality. Because <laughs> I didn't get even if I asked, but you know, that's, you know, <laughs> that is, there is, there is a, a strategy to that, right? There's a logic to it. Uh, I just love the, and, and you know, this is part of the Daryl Morey lore. Um, he's just constantly lure got or lore? Deal. Both. <laughs> yes. Fishing both. or history? Yes. yes. <laughs> That he's constantly got all of these things, these, you know, these these pots uh, cooking like he's always got something up his sleeve. Any other euphemism you want to ask. And, you know, it's just hilarious. Just the idea that he's just like uh, (laughs) this Tobias Harris tickle your fancy. That's just fucking nuts. That's (laughs) fucking nuts, man. You got it, man. Oh, man. I mean, Tobias Harris, you know, he can get he can get you 20. Tobias Harris, who probably makes no, no, he doesn't make um as much as LeBron because he's still on that other. Di- that's crazy that that Tobias Harris. He makes Harris like thirty deals. though, thirty five. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's close though. He's close. Yeah. I was just gonna say no. He's on like he was on a max contract. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's got to be his last year, right? Of a five year max. Bro, so. longest contract in the history of the NBA because the day it got signed, everybody was that. like, "Yeah, what are you doing?" <laughs> setting up a trade down the road that's what they're doing setting up a trade for LeBron yeah <laughs> what he is down the he is, uh, this is chestnut checkers yeah, y'all I mean that, he knows what he's doing come on don't, don't LeBron's don't. tweeting hourglasses Daryl's tweeting a crystal ball you know Tobias Harris <laughs> this is his last year Finally. on the deal he's making 39.2 million dollars this year jeez good agent I don't know good who his agent him. is good agent jeez Good for him, indeed. Has that Daryl Morey thrown it out there strategy ever worked? Has there ever been a GM who's been caught completely with their pants down and traded away something valuable to Daryl because he asked? I mean, I guess kind of Harden. Yeah. You know? Harden, definitely. Although Harden just wanted, like, everyone always makes the mistake of, like, well, they chose between him and him. Like, Harden wanted out. So Harden it, wanted his yeah. own team. Like, I was going to say, didn't the Thunder call Daryl on that one? Sort of, yeah. I mean, it, it like I think he the Thunder were definitely cheaping out, but I, I've, no heard, I've heard Daryl say that even he didn't know yeah, what he I, was I, getting. I've heard, I'll, like, from a very good source on this matter that Harden didn't want to be there anymore. He wanted his own team. He wanted to shine. Like it was, it was not going to be like, oh, give me the max and I'll be happy. Like, no, he, well, he wanted to fucking be MVP. Well, that's weird because he's never had any psychological or disposition <laughs> issues ever since, no, right? So no, he's good. No. Well, he no he's whistle. just been the perfect soldier. Yeah. Uh from the I beginning. Mean, I, but you know, I think that that logic to me is overdone because he's a restricted free agent. You offer mm-hmm. him the most money possible. Shut up and play, right? Uh oh shut up and dribble. We love that. Shut up and dribble too, actually. <laughs> yeah, I would rather guys like Kyrie Irving not Talk, just dribble. Yeah, I think I would rather that to be the case. I think I would rather not hear from Michael Porter Jr. Mm. on anything, about anything. Let me say this. I disagree. I would hear from him on everything. (laughs) Give him a podcast. Yes. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) Imagine the two of them on a podcast. Woo. Michael Porter Jr., you know he's a, he's big on the God stuff. Oh, yeah. Comes from a God situation, so he's big on that. Yeah. 
Him and Jonathan Isaac. hyper religiosity. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know what God factors into this, but I once was at NBA Summer League at the club Omnia mm-hmm. in the Caesars Palace. Um, I was sitting next to a couple of NBA players, and Michael Porter Jr. was maybe eight feet away from us. And he was throwing money in the club. This isn't a strip club. This is a nightclub. That's not something that's done at a nightclub. He was throwing money in the club, and one of them was throwing it up to God. (laughs) God is a woman, after all. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) One of the NBA players goes to the other one. One was a vet. One was a younger guy in in sort of Michael Porter Jr.'s cohort of age anyway. And he's like, yo, what's up with this guy? And the old NBA player said, that's your generation, bro. <laughs> My generation, we would have never did that. We would have never, we would never do that. We were taught better than that. That's y'all generation. I'm, I'm on my way out of this thing. Mm-hmm. That's y'all. But yeah, Michael Porter. Oh, and he was wearing sunglasses Happy. inside of the club indoors, wearing sunglasses indoors. One of the darkest clubs you can go to, throwing money for no apparent reason. I'm mean, as dark as fuck, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's 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 my Michael Porter Jr. story. Although. Played great defense in the playoffs last year. Good fan. Sometimes, yeah. Um, we like to. There, there's some weird push to be like, oh, Michael Ford Jr. has become a, a complete player. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. He's good, bro. That dude's still a gunner. Bro, do not ask Michael Porter Jr. to pass anything. Don't ask him Uh-oh. to pass the peas. Don't ask <laughs> him to pass the rock. Mm-mm. Don't ask him to pass the blunt. He's not Mm-mm. passing. That's not no. his thing. Maybe the offer plate, you know, maybe that <laughs> in a church. Um, <laughs> hey, speaking of players with a lot of money, Kyle Kuzma. Oh, big story <laughs> from the athletic from uh, Josh Robbins. My, uh, my colleague at the athletic covers the wizards. Um, essentially the Mavericks had a deal in place to go get Kuz. Right? They end up trading for Daniel Gafford. They end up trading for PJ Washington, but they had a deal in place to go get Kuz. And the Wizards brought this to Kuzma and said, you know, we'll trade you. Is this what you want? No. He's built different, guys. He's here to build something with the Wizards. He doesn't have a no trade clause. Like, they didn't have to do this. They could have just sent him and everything. Was I don't know how, like, I got to ask this delicately. Do we think, do we think there's someone keeping him in DC? I know like he makes a lot of money. You can fly people all over the place. What What's going on here? Or just, maybe he just doesn't want to live in Dallas. This won't surprise you guys, but it might surprise some people listening. Mm-hmm. NBA players and front office executives aren't always telling the truth to the media. What? No. (laughs) I know this sounds crazy. (laughs) 
but yeah, sometimes God, they're giving us spin. And sometimes I think the spin what? is warranted. Sometimes yeah. I think when you're asked about your struggling teammate, it's important that you not go in the media and say, yeah, this nigga parties too much. He barely fucking works on his game. Um, he doesn't watch film. Uh, he's unprofessional. Yeah, that's why he's fucking up. He was throwing money in the club in the dark. Sure. Even if that's true, it doesn't make sense to actually put that out in the media. Right. So you say something else. I think Kyle Kuzma, why I actually really have a lot of respect for Kyle Kuzma. And he's good. Really like he's Kuzma. legitimately good. He's legitimately a good player. And I think he's a really professional NBA player yeah. in the sense that he's like, all right, everybody knows I was on a trade block, dead block, um, trade block during the deadline. There it is. Um, I didn't get moved. And he's signaling to everyone, the fans, media, whoever, these guys were trying to move me. It didn't happen. I'm still locked in here. I'm going to come in and still be professional, blah, blah, blah. And because he's such a good professional, because he's done a decent amount of media training, he's like, yo, I'm locked in. I believe in what we're doing in D.C. I'm here for the long haul. Like, he's just saying the right athlete thing. Mm -hmm. and, I, and although I know he's lying to my face, I actually respect this tact that he took because... It's professionalism. And quite frankly, a lot of these guys don't understand the nuances of being professional in, in these instances. Now, his teammate, Jordan Poole, <laughs> think you do the same thing? <laughs> well, that's what he's trying to. He's trying to build something with Jordan Poole. You know, <laughs> on the basketball court? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So as, as ridiculous and cartoonish as cartoonishly bad and anti-team basketball as Jordan Poole is, I'll say this, especially the way he's handled the Draymond thing, he's been pretty nice and professional about it in public. You know? Yes. Um, he hasn't killed anybody when he could have. He's he's handled it pretty well. So maybe Jordan Poole does have some of this in him. Where sure. he has some some self awareness and, and can handle himself. Has it's he been just, on the court? He, he doesn't possess it on the, He just doesn't possess any of that <laughs> restraint on the basketball court, man. Like my God, dude. Here's like, the weird where, thing: he does show restraint on the basketball court because he's like barely playing. He's not like jacking up a bunch of shots. He's just like, oh, whatever. I don't care. I'm getting paid. Yeah, got a ring. My legacy's intact. When do the Wizards become even moderately? Respectable. 1997. <laughs> <laughs> Only looking backwards, not looking yeah. forward. Calvert Chaney, man. Calvert Chaney, Rod Strickland, George <laughs> Mirasan, Sheed Wallace, Juwan Howard. Weber was still there. Yeah. I mean, I remember <laughs> the quotes from the summer where Kuzma and Poole were both talking about how they've been on championship teams and so they're going to bring championship experience legally correct guidance to the wizards and then yeah. the wizard season happened and so much for that but yeah i do i do want to ask you guys <laughs> would he be a better fit on dallas than pj washington or is pj washington oh. a better prize regardless no, pj washington's not that good like he like okay. he's an okay player he reminds me a lot more of like rui hachimura mm -hmm. like mm. pre lakers you know to where i was like like, I don't think PJ Washington's that good, but I could see him 
with Luca, like kind of having a similar glow up, right? Of like, oh, this guy now is on a team that isn't the Wizards and or isn't the Hornets and and can you know show some some more talent with a a guy who like sets the tone for him and mm-hmm. everything. Like I I could see that kind of thing. Like Kuzma's way better than him. I think the interesting thing is like, would you rather have Kuzma or Gafford? While mm-hmm. Kuzma is the better player, Gafford is something they actually need, right? Like yeah. a rim protector, yeah. a rim runner, a vertical threat. The, like. the, the, yes, the, the the sort of being the middle, occupying the middle of a spread pick and roll attack, right? Yeah. Where you 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 put the shooters out there next to Luca and a vertical threat, and that just becomes really hard to guard. And having that element in the game at all times, meaning when Lively plays and when he sits. You know, I think the fit there is important. But, yeah, Kyle Kuzma, and, I, you know, I hate being that guy, but he's just a better basketball player than P.J. Washington as far as IQ and basketball yeah. know-how and understanding. He's a winning player. This Kuz guy, is actually, Kuz is really good, man. Like He's, I, so, he's so good. And yeah. he can make himself into different forms of players. Like in mm-hmm. Washington, he he's you know, uh, uh, logging a more scoring role. But, like, for the Lakers, he was a freaking junkyard dog scrapper guy. He was, was off-ball defend- cutter yeah, he turned guy. himself into he a was, defender, yeah. Yeah, defender guy. He was transition guy. He was, you know, only attack closeouts, make wide-open shots guy. Like, he can turn himself into a high-level role player if he needs to. And if, God forbid, something else happens... Then he can transform himself into the kind of guy that has to yeah. take on a bigger, bigger burden. I think Kuzma's an excellent, excellent I, complimentary piece, man. And I think that speaks to your comment about like how professional he is, right? Like he does just adapt, like what you whatever you need, I'll do. You know, like it's not turning the wizards into anything, but that's not his fault. That's not his problem. So they, they and, and to speak to what we're trying to play, so I can like sort of conceptualize for for people that are listening, right? Um, because back when I was doing hoops adjacent with um with uh, DA, and we had Phil Handy on, who's an assistant coach for the Lakers, obviously one of their skills work guys. Um, I talked about Kuzma, and he he basically was like, listen, this guy averaged 20 points a game his rookie year. Uh, you know what it's like in the NBA when guys basically become the kind of guys that score now. Mm-hmm. They be like, yo, this is who I am. What do you mean I got to go sit in the corner? What do you mean I got to crash the boards? What do you mean I got to do dirty work? Like, what do you mean I got to just take the assignments that LeBron doesn't feel like doing so he can take time off on defense right. every game, right? So it's not only just that he did that for the Lakers. He did that while he was trying to earn an extension. Like, think about that. Uh, for him to have the understanding that, like, I'm going to still do the team thing even though – most people would be like the individual scoring shit is what's going to get me paid. Mm-hmm. So this guy could see the bigger picture in being part of a team that could win 60 games and ultimately win a championship while understanding that he was still kind of playing for money. It's again, it just speaks to Kuzma's professionalism. I know we sound like Kuzma stands, but I really do think because he dresses really flamboyantly, you know, he'll dye his hair uh, blonde, that some people might look at that and think of like a diva version of the NBA player, but he's not, man. Like, he's a a worker. Uh, We talked to him on NBA radio months ago, 
and uh and I asked him about like the fashion stuff like do you even keep the stuff you know whatever and he's like oh yeah I have it like like this like art like I have it like displayed at home like in frames and stuff like that like some of the some of the fashion things he's worn um so I think in that way was you're 100% right but like and from a basketball player like, because every once in a while, people are like, oh, Kuzma. He's, I'm like, no, you like, you got to watch him. Like, he's Kuzma's fucking good, man. good. He, like, he legitimately could play on any team and help them. Yeah. Any team. And I would have liked like, to see the Warriors get Kuzma in there. 100%. I think he would be an amazing yeah. Steph Curry complimentary guy. Or, or even if the Mavs could have gotten Gafford and Kuz instead of PJ Washington, if that deal was on the table in some way, I, yeah. I mean, to me, the Mavs would shoot up there with the top of the West. Like they would be right there with all those all those teams. Because I that think that sounds he's, great. That sounds really exciting. Too bad he's got things to build in DC. He sure does. Maybe he <laughs> just has like a lot of IKEA furniture in his home in DC, and he's just like, I got shit to build here, Big man. Big Allen wrench guy. Kyle Big Kuzma. assembler. Yeah. I want to do a I want to do a temperature check with Waz here. Oh man, um, man to tie into his his two greatest like communities mm-hmm. that he's tapped into, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who has embraced a player more? Is it the Knicks and their fandom when it comes to OG Ananobi, right? That acquisition earlier this year. We know how Knicks fans have reacted to this. They've been great with him. He's a little injured right now, but soared through January, right? Or the Prairie, OKC, bringing <laughs> Gordon Hayward to the farm. <laughs> Uh, Gordy, Gordy going to the prairie is just, you can't write something this brilliant or genius. It's, it's perfect. It's literally perfect that this guy is going to a part of the country that let's face it, you know, is a football region. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, most of America's a football region, but at least we have these pockets of places that really dig basketball. Um, and for this type of guy to come on the market, man, and and to end up in OKC, in the Plains, you know, it's just perfect. I would love to see him get some big belt buckles. Mm-hmm. Get a cowboy hat going, a la mm-hmm. Bruce Brown. Cowboy's ha- cowboy hat is tough when you have all that hair product, though. Okay, it's just yeah, it's not that's easy. Fair. Just a bolo tie, then. He can he can afford the dry cleaning on that, though. He's got sure. a pretty Bartlestein got him a pretty sweet deal from Mitch Kupchak. Yeah, uh, I think he can afford to ruin a couple of cowboy hats. Uh, but man, well, OG on the Knicks is crazy, though. Like. I never knew there was such a thing as a record for plus minus, but Nick fans let me know. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You, you didn't read Ethan Strauss writing about Ekby Udo back in the early, uh, <laughs> early 2010s? <laughs> um, what a, what a, I'm just going to compliment myself. What a great pull there. Uh, yeah, all right. Um, nice so Real Gordy, quick, though, it reminded me of the old basket buds intro. I think it was where it's from some conversation where Zach is gassing up was as usual. And he says, if we could get Gordy in Atlanta, <laughs> <laughs> well, we we've had, now we, we had, had the opposite. <laughs> we've had Gordy in Salt Lake city. Mm-hmm. We wow. had him in Boston. Wow. We have him now in OKC. 
Yeah. He is one signing with his hometown Indiana Pacers away. Yeah, away from the ultimate white player. The ultimate completing white player. Completing the white American word. hoopers. It's like how Muslims have to go to Mecca. As a white American hooper, you have to do all of you those. You have to hit these four cities. Yes. <laughs> or it's like the stations of the cross. Yes. You feel me? For my mm. Christians out there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For my Catholics out there. Uh, getting you got a Buddhist Boston, comparison to keep this going? Or? Boston, Salt Lake, OKC, <laughs> and Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> it's the big four. For yeah, sure. That's, that's the big four for, for a white basketball player. Uh, never buy OG's a drink ever again. Though. Uh, oh, OG's aside, oh no, he's look. He that's a, that's been, about as perfect a trade as you can get. It's insane. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't watched a lot of too many Raptors games since 2020, since okay. the bubble year mm-hmm. where they gave yeah. Boston everything they could freaking handle. Yeah. OG, by the way, strapped the shit out of Tatum that series. Like literally on an island, had that man yeah. in a straight jacket. He had him in hell. Um, I haven't watched the Raptors like super closely because they've just been this middling team um, because uh, Masai Ujiri is so stubborn. But I didn't realize how huge this guy was. Oh, he's, um, yeah, he's like 6'9". And he's he's built. So many small forwards in the league these days. Or actually like 6'4". Six, six, yeah. You know, it's Josh Hart's just playing small forward just for the fuck of it, right? Yeah. There's so many guys, Bruce Brown playing small forward just for the hell. There's so many of these guys who, you know, become tweener. They're guards, but they, we, they're tweeners, so we let them play small forward. And so I'm just like, yeah, OG's probably like a good 6'6", six, six, you know, maybe 6'7", or whatever. No, this guy is huge. Tall as fuck, yeah. With the ridiculous wingspan, with the, the strength. Yeah. Like his hands are super strong. Just his core strength is crazy. The instinct, his nose for the ball, where he's not even in the play, he's on the weak side. And just his nose for putting himself in the play and then still recovering if a defender, I mean, an offensive play somehow even manages to get it out. He even, he's like, incredible. he's got like bear traps for hands too. Yeah. Like just. Incredible hand. Yeah, no, he's he's been incredible. Uh, we mentioned earlier the Lakers did not trade LeBron James despite the most half-assed mm-hmm. efforts by the rest of the league. Um, <laughs> shout out to everybody on Valentine's Day tonight. The Lakers did make a move, though. They signed Spencer Dinwiddie. He had to choose between going back to the Mavericks where he played already um, for two, uh-huh. two halves of a season. And this Lakers team, and I don't want to tell you why he chose the Lakers. I'll let him tell you why he chose the Lakers. This is also, if you listen to our Monday episodes, Patreon, we had tr- courtside Trey breaking down his courtside conversations with Spencer Dinwiddie and Mark Cuban. But yeah, let's hear Spencer's version of it. I, I, I'll give y'all something funny that I told, told my people because I'm fairly candid. Um, the two situations kind of felt like this, right? Let's say you were a kid, you got your ass whooped by the bully. That was going to be like your mama being like, it's okay, baby, don't worry about it. Legs are like, your dad, now nah, you better go out there and, and fight till you win. You feel me? And I just felt like that was what I needed at the time. So, um, I'm a big believer in kind of doing what you need to do at whatever time it is. So that's how I thought about it. I put this in the newsletter. Uh, 
the gif of Michael Scott from The Office. Sometimes I'll start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. That's what that was. <laughs> I, I, because I don't, maybe he's talking about the media. Maybe he's just talking about the spotlight where it's like the LA spotlight is tougher and more scrutinized. Maybe I'm guessing. I don't know, but this wouldn't be the first time Spencer Dinwiddie said something that was a little out there. Hmm. He's got a weird reputation, man, of like, he's a crypto really bro. Don't like him. Yeah, t- teammates end up really not liking him, right? And I don't think they think he's like, he's just annoying to them. I've, I've heard that a lot. He was in Washington and he was trying to instill a culture there. Trying to build and guys something. are like, what the fuck are you doing? You're Spencer Dinwiddie. What culture have you ever invented before? Um... Am I making it up that he had a problem with Kyrie? No? Uh, I don't remember that, but I wouldn't rule it out. What happened in the, with the Brooklyn thing? Uh, well, he got traded for Kyrie, right? Was he traded for Kyrie? Uh, Kyrie got signed, though. Oh, that's right. Oh, because he was on Brooklyn. I and don't then, remember. No, anyway, he's been oh, on so many man, freaking yeah. teams since, you know, the culture nets, which... <laughs> well, oh, yeah, no, 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 because no, he, he was on that team and then he got si- signed and traded to the Wizards, then traded to the Mavs, then traded for Kyrie, right? That's how he ended up back on Brooklyn. Got you. Happened. So he don't... Yeah. I don't remember. It was... Yeah, I guess the Wizards thing, that was famously blew up or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't think he, you know, wore rivals Air Jordans in Dallas the way uh, Grant Williams did. Oh my God. <laughs> Grant Williams is probably the most annoying. I mean, they, look, they tried He's to legitimately, that story. You could see him being legitimately annoyed. Yeah. Because that's the difference between him and like, like Kyrie was not great for the Celtics, right? right. In his time there. But when he came back and faced those, like those guys legitimately were like, hey, maybe we didn't love playing with Kyrie, but we love Kyrie. Like he, like mm-hmm. we love him. Like he's a guy that we're friends with and everything. This shit did not have a grant coming back to Boston. <laughs> they were like, fuck this dude. I don't want everybody. Yeah. yeah. He's got big teacher's pet energy. Huge, huge teacher's pet energy right there. He just wants to sit at the front of the damn class every day. Raise his hand on every question. Every single question. We are going to now end this episode unless you are part of that Patreon. Patreon.com slash count the dings where you will hear not only Waz's uh, thoughts on the movie Blue Chips, which is uh, coming out on Cinephobe at least part one this week, part two next week, but also Draymond Green Show versus Yusuf Nurkic. All coming up right now on the Patreon. <laughs>